Well, good morning, good day, good evening. My name is Jill, and these are my journals out loud. And, you know, I had the note to write a, to record a podcast, but I forgot and I started to write in the journal. And then I went, wait a minute, my date is with you this morning. So uh, I'm recording this on December 11th, 2023. I still am like freaking out how fast time is going. But we have a few minutes before the dogs rise and the sun comes up. We are actually a little bit chilly. And, you know, I've been all over the place with you guys on these podcasts, but I have been slowly moving us into a direction. You know, if this is your first time, this is not a normal podcast. This is an interruption. And you saw that in the title, pause, pivot, or pedal to the metal, time to move forward. And, you know, I said pick your poison only because I like the P, the alliteration. It's a game I play in my own head, but one which is not fabulous when it comes to keywords, which is indicative of why I struggle because I like to do what's fun, not what works. But that said, if you open this podcast in the Substack app or email or on the page and scroll down, you'll see that I've got a bunch of different stuff listed. And I said, if you want to hear the full explanation, you can listen to me here. So uh, I want to do a couple things this morning. One is... This month, I think I'm going to try and share some of the stuff that I've been running across in the last few months that is just, to me, very exciting, uh, very relevant to those of us who are under this Wired for Danger category, but also, you know, just good information. And, you know, I was thinking about how we're often focused on how we're different. You know, I'm playing that same game, trying to find my niche, trying to find my way of explaining who we are out in the world. And, you know, I'm finally having some confidence and confirmation that I'm not crazy, that what I'm talking about, I'm hearing other people say, but not organizing it the way that I want it organized for myself. And that is just uh, really kind of shifting everything. You know, I wasn't sure, you know, I've been talking this out with you for almost two years now, uh, you know, trying to decide, am I making stuff up? You know, am I imagining something? Am I trying to rationalize my personal uh, failures or imperfections? Or, you know, am I just spinning my wheels? And, you know, I have managed to probably be the only person to not grow her audience. Uh, and I've chosen to not put any effort into that because I just wasn't sure. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't want to promote something I don't feel confident in. But I finally am at a point where I feel confident, not only in what I'm talking about, but I'm starting to feel confident in what my place in this conversation is. And it's very difficult to be a wired for danger woman because we have no band of brothers or band of sisters because we're, first of all, never encouraged to think about ourselves that way. And two, I've never heard anybody talk about it this way. And three, we're not guys, even though for myself, I can't speak for other women, I relate much more to Wired for Danger men than I do to anybody, man or woman. 
And so, you know, every once in a while I meet a woman who is quote unquote like me and we have this click because there's finally somebody that understands the nuances that make us uncomfortable for almost everybody. And it's such a different experience to float through the world as a woman than a man. And it's a very difficult floating through the world as a wired for danger woman. Uh, And as I have shared recently, you know, part of my getting stuck with all of this is I've been looking for somebody to be the role model, for somebody to show me what it is I'm looking for. And, you know, I'm finally coming to the conclusion that I can't find them because even if they're out there, they're certainly not in the public eye. And so, you know, I've been waiting, looking, digging, seeking for somebody else to be the answer that I'm looking for. And, you know, the epiphany, you know, when I say I want to be a girl, is there's nobody out there that's representing what makes sense for me. And as I, so I did a couple things uh, with you in this post. Uh, one is uh, I am going to take a pause on our regular scheduled podcast. One of the things that's true for me is uh, I have to just do one thing at a time. My capacity to multitask is like zero these days. I can barely get one thing done because just the little daily tasks are so time consuming for me. Uh, and and the most important thing I need to do is to step away from having this general conversation, and I need to start over in my own mind. You know, I'm so far down the road of my own journey. Uh, I don't even remember what it was like in the beginning, but you know, I'm wandering around in a place that most people can't relate to, and it's not helpful because all of this is a journey. And so the first video that I uh, shared with you is just interesting. It isn't really important uh, as the next one, but the the first one is put out by uh, the American Stress Organization. But what it really does is it talks about who we are as electric beings, the electric body. And It starts off a little slow, but it continues to get more interesting. But what I love about science, what's happening right now, is that we're proving a lot of what's true, that we've always been taught, whether it was, you know, in the mystery schools, whether it was spiritual principles. Uh, You know, when we talk about prayer and why prayer heals, it's really a frequency issue, But if you say that, it doesn't mean anything. But I love that science is showing us how much power electric frequency and vibration actually have. And so I'm not recommending the machines that are presented in this video. But the three things that I wanted to share in this video are, one is that we have to remember that there are always solutions to everything, even if we don't know what they are. Uh, Two, it is fascinating to me how hard we fight against things that work, that don't either make a lot of money or that are too simple. Uh, And three, why as individuals we're so resistant to doing the simple basic things that I have spent, sorry the dog is in motion here, uh, to doing the simple things that are so important for us as humans. And, you know, I have had this human conversation going on for a long time about 
uh, you know, I called it primal human training. And what we need to do is we need to evolve into the next level, not just returning to the earth and living, you know, dirty and in tribes with no technology, but we have to find a way to factor back in the human experience. And we are designed to live in a very specific way. And yet we put all this energy into trying to create health and healing and structure and all this stuff as a substitute for the super simple things that would just make us feel better and how insane that is. And, you know, we can spend all day long, you know, talking about our nervous system or talking about our personality or talking about our politics. But at the end of the day, regardless of our personal filters and beliefs and isms and, you know, narrow labels and all that kind of stuff, at the end of the day, the one thing we all have in common is that we're human. And the human body and brain need very specific things to function in an optimum way. And to me, that's not the interesting thing. The interesting thing is why are we so resistant to just doing the things that work, that we're designed to do? And uh, and I'm myself included, right? I have this big long list of all these little things that I know I need to do that would make me feel better, but I can never get to them because of the human demands that just aren't as important. And so this video to me represents that why, uh, you know, there's this guy comes up with a, a frequency machine that has zero side effects and makes people feel better. And he's been in, you know, court for 30 plus years fighting, you know, for the ability to sell something that has no side effects. It doesn't hurt anybody. Why are you pushing against me so hard to not offer something that's simple that works? I mean, we're so weird as humans. Uh, and that's been my question for a very long time. And so it's very interesting. So I wanted to share that with you. Plus, it really uh, opens up this idea about why Things that we can't see, cell phones, electromagnetic frequencies, things like that, uh, more is not better. And why it's such a powerful impact, even though we're not willing to know that. So definitely worth your time and energy to watch that. The second thing I'm sharing is this most intense story I have heard in a very long time. I've heard worse cases of abuse, but I'm not sharing it for shock or graphic or voyeurism. Uh, it's a three-part interview. I only put up one. It's a video, but it's also as a podcast, and uh, it's just as effective. I didn't even watch the video, so I actually don't know if they show the two of them talking or if it's just audio, to be honest with you. But, you know, the guy, Sean... Uh, oh, I already forgot his last name. Uh, he is, you know, an ex-Navy SEAL, I think, Special Forces guy. Uh, the Victor Marks uh, does child rescue. You know, I have a big thing in my heart about that. And they have the most intense conversation I've ever witnessed uh, by two guys who really uh, wouldn't normally ever talk about this thing. And uh, Victor Marx shares his story in incredibly painful graphic detail, 
and admits things to this guy. He's, you know, he'll tell you he's never said to anybody. It's very triggering if you have a personal history with abuse. If you have things that are still tender, you may not want to listen to this. Uh, but he was uh, subjected to trauma-based mind control. You know, his stepfather was a CIA guy. And whether he was formally in the program or not, he had the same things done to him. And, you know, we hear whisperings of this idea of what trauma-based mind control with children actually is. But this gives you a tiny window into what that is like, uh, what happens to a child that is traumatized in just unbelievably graphic and horrific ways. But what's even more powerful about this guy's story is the healing and the redemption and the transformation into doing good. And he has all the things I've been talking about. You know, the first therapist couldn't function listening. She just cried and cried and cried. Uh, you know, the the explosiveness within the relationships, the breakdowns, psychological breakdowns, you know, in early adulthood, the inappropriate behaviors with all this push, rage, furying up all over everybody. Uh, you know, it's hard when we see somebody older and it seems like they have their you-know-what together. We forget about what it's really like when you're in the thick of it and you haven't had time or skills, you know, to manage yourself. And uh, and he says those same words that I'm hearing repeated is that I am the calm in the chaos. But what the second piece of that is, is that when you are chaos, if it's too calm, you become the chaos. And so uh, it's it's just really hits almost everything I'm talking about. And I have no idea if he was born to what I would call wired for danger, or he was transformed through trauma into that because his started so young, you know, he was three. There's no way of really knowing. Uh, but there's also this other piece that is coming into these guys' conversations, and that's their mothers. So, and how these mothers are putting children in situations where these things happen. And the different, you know, anyways, I could go forever. So and this is a very intense conversation, but I wanted to share it because it takes you through all the pieces of what I'm talking about. Most people who are wired for danger had a lot of bad things happen to them. And I don't know if they survived because they were wired this way and they were able to turn it around. Uh, I don't know if the trauma initiates it or if it just is uh, that the people who talk about it are more likely to be uh, ones I'm listening to. So there's all kinds of pieces that we'll never know because we'll never be able to scan a little kid's brain, you know, through their lifetime uh, pre and post trauma. I mean, we'll just never know. And the more important thing is it really doesn't matter. In fact, it doesn't even matter if you're a wired for danger person or not. It's just a language. Uh, I'll be sharing, hopefully, if I remember another lady who's talking about the nervous system, uh, her big topic is what she calls functional freeze. And I tried listening to her and I really can't because her way of understanding and managing the nervous system isn't through my filter. You know, she's more in alignment with bringing people 
who are more fight or flight people into a sense of equilibrium. I don't relate to that. And so there's no right or wrong. There's just what works for us. And so I want to start sharing some of these other resources because I realize everybody isn't wired for danger. So worth investing your time, very powerful uh, if you want windows into things that hopefully none of us will ever experience. Uh, and then, the th- so I shared those. And then, uh, you know, the last podcast was a grid down podcast. You know, I got to be in my bonnet because I was listening to uh, people talk about bug out bags and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And there's a lot of chatter, you know, that there's going to be some cyber uh, event, meaning maybe the power's not going to go down, but the internet's going to be turned off, which will be almost like the power going down because every core function is internet based. You know, how we get gas, how we get money, how we get food. You know, everybody's inventory system is online. So, uh, that will be almost as traumatic as just no electricity at all. So uh, I wanted to just run through some of the things that I've been thinking about through this last foray, you know, out into the wilderness and the dirt. Uh, so I've gotten some positive feedback on that. I also went and looked at some of my old podcasts. Remember, I did that 30-day grid down in July of 2022. That feels like a very long time ago. Uh, And I forgot that there's some really interesting topics that I've covered that I just don't hear anybody talk about. So uh, if you haven't listened to that, that's one of the best things that I've ever produced. Um, And I think it's worth it in terms of just exposing yourself to some ideas that you may not have thought about. Um, And then uh, I think that's it that I have listed. I have some other people and ideas and uh, resources I want to share, but I didn't want to bomb you all at once. And, uh, and the other thing that happened, you know, while I was listening to them talk about uh, their, both their stories, they did this really fascinating thing where they kept uh, using words. And one of the words was generational trauma. And I keep thinking when in our history have grown men who are like the best of the military best, right? Talking about ideas like generational trauma. I mean, we're seeing a real transformation occur in our society and our culture. And as I'm listening to them, there's so much I don't agree with and so much that drives me crazy. uh, And all these things I want to interrupt and point out something else. But What's more important is it doesn't matter how you get through the healing process. I think if you start to have positive results in the healing process, and, you know, I've known for a long time that men are not my work because what's going on with them is very important, but it's not my place, even though I relate to them. Uh, And as I was listening, you know, he talked about the first time he went in and he talked to a bunch of kids in prison and how he had to go back to the beginning. And I realized, you know, I am telling my own story in the very wrong way. Uh, It's been so long since I've thought about what my life used to be like and all the little things that happened to me along the way. Uh, I need to step back and think about 
which story I want to tell because the one I've been telling only really makes sense for those of us who are at the end of all of this. Uh, and the great mistake, you know, I make is I focus on all the things I don't want, all the things that aren't working. Uh, you know, I verbalize my frustrations out loud because that's how I process and that's how I function. But there's never any resolution. I've talked about that before. There's no overcome to the story because I sort of lurch myself into one disaster after the next. But it's not a disaster. It's a challenge. It's not a failure. It's the next step in my process. And uh, and I've been thinking, you know, the last couple days, like all the things that have happened to me that I've never brought up because they just feel like they were such a long time ago. But where I am and who I am right now is so radically different than where I started. And as I mentioned you know, both of these guys talking about their mothers and other guys talking about their mothers, you know, their moms oftentimes were wired for danger women. I can hear it in their story, but in the, the kind of way that we're broken and we bring terrible people into our lives and the children pay. And, you know, I chose to not have children because I knew I was a nightmare and I did not want to pass my brain chemistry on. Uh, I did not want to pass on uh, all these things that were unbearable within me. And I also knew I had no capacity to be uh, safe for any child. But I never once not valued the value of children. And I think most, you know, there's this idea that if you don't have kids, you think it's terrible. And I don't think it's terrible. I think it's the hardest thing you'll ever do. It's the most important thing you'll ever do. But it's not the only thing you'll ever do. And my work really isn't with moms in motion. You know, I think the two most important periods of time for us, especially girls, is this sort of 12, 13 to 16 year old before they launch, you know, you're not quite launched out into the world, but you're all raging hormones and you're fresh prey for the predators. And we do nothing to teach girls how to protect themselves, how to evaluate what's safe and what's not safe. Uh, the whole thing is so screwed up it's shocking. And so, you know, I've been thinking a lot about where my messaging needs to go and how far away from that I am and how it's been hard because you guys have been with me for so long watching me thrash around outside in survival, which is interesting, but I'm over it. And I need to just suck it up put the brakes on, think about where I want to go and start doing that because I keep not doing it. Uh, part of it is fear uh, because, you know, I have this tiny little group of you and, and you know, we're moving into areas that most of you aren't interested in. Um, and I'm never going to not be interested in the survival stuff because that to me is always an interesting problem to solve. So, uh, I haven't figured out exactly how all this is going to move forward. I have organized different channels. Uh, you know, I'm going to do the women's stuff over at the second substack I have, which is Danger Girls Wisdom Sisters. And I haven't done anything with that yet, but uh, I'm not going to do, 
you know, this, this is going to stay general wire for danger stuff. This, this channel is going to stay focused on the practical stuff, the understanding generally, you know, what we can do uh, as humans to manage ourselves better. But the creative stuff and some of the other things I'm interested in uh, are going to be not geared for us. They're going to be geared for others. And I'll be doing that in other places. But uh, I'm trying to get the foundation built. But the big, you know, aha was I am telling the wrong story. So I need to step back and just focus on that and not try to think about what I want to share with you to move our journey forward at this level. Uh, I need to go way back and regroup. Uh, and because I'm only able to do one thing at a time, I'm going to take a pause on having us have these specific wire for danger conversations while I retell my own story to myself. Uh, and I need to bring back in the journaling pieces of this because that is such a powerful process. I mean, it's so important to, to have the tools. Uh, and what's even more important, you know, as I'm listening to the men and the women and these stories and uh, our experiences is we just do such a crappy job of teaching children how to move forward in this nightmare uh, from the practical things, you know, start a fire, change a tire. Uh, there's no adult human at this over 50 group that doesn't have incredible wisdom to share. And so it doesn't have to be about the internal process. It could be the practical, but we all have wisdom in us. And, you know, the big fear for me is if the electricity goes out, we don't have a good way to share that with our inner circle. Uh, there's lots and lots and lots and lots of books, but uh, you and I both know if you're downsizing or you're walking around, you're not going to be able to haul a huge books, set of books with you. Most books are super specialized. Even the comprehensive books are great, big, and heavy. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of room for ideas in this sphere about how to create analog records of the most valuable information and how to get really creative about that. You know, I've been having all these fun conversations about, uh, you know, what would be a way to preserve it so that it was waterproof? What would be a way to pass down generational wisdom versus generational trauma? Uh, what stories do we want to pass down? And, you know, I just see that there's the baby years, the, the married baby years, you know, 20s, 30s, and 40s, where you're so busy just trying to keep your head above water. You're so busy going out in the world to take care of yourself. But once the kids are grown, you know, once the the push of life out into the world is coming to an end, uh, you know, that's the time, I think, where in the past, the elders, right, mentored the young because they didn't have the primary survival responsibility of the family. 
and they have the the ability let's just be honest you don't you think you know everything when you're 18 to 30 and then you start to figure out you don't maybe in your 30s hopefully uh, but when we're in our 20s and teens we just think we're so smart right and that everybody is stupid uh, and we're created a culture where we've put these little kids in charge of things who don't know anything why have we done that why have we the older generations abdicated our responsibility you know we have the really decrepit old people in power and then they're supported by all these young people who don't know anything they've never had any real life experiences i used to just cringe you know any kind of adult 20 year old thinking they could be a therapist what kind of life experience do you even have but that's just a personal bias. So there's all kinds of room to create creative, interesting ideas about how can we pass on generational wisdom instead of just this endless generational trauma that we are providing, you know, one generation after another. And, and, you know, there's the people that need to go out and rescue the kids. You know, there's the people that need to be part of the healing transformational process uh, for children and adults. You know, there's basic parenting stuff that needs to be done. Uh, but there's still this big hole about how do you prevent it instead of fixing it on the back end, how do we actually prevent it? from the future and you can't stop child predator by just removing supply. You know, you can go rescue every child in the universe that's being abused that does not eliminate the demand. And the number one predictor of being a pedophile abuser is to be the prey, to be the victim of a predator or abuser. Almost statistically much higher for men who have been sexually abused to become abusers, but also super statistically high that women will then go on to have romantic relationships and children with people who are predators. You don't stop generational trauma by removing the supply, I mean the demand, this right by the supply. You end it by the demand. If you don't have anybody seeking to buy child pornography, you won't have any child pornography. So it is uh, a back-assword system that we've got going on. And uh, I like the excitement of the rescue. But the reality is, is that's just one tiny piece of the puzzle. There's work for all of us in this process. And even without children, you know, it's your heart can be somewhere in ending what's happening to this generation of humans uh, as we move forward into what I believe is not the end of everything, but the moment of choice about what we're going to create next. And, you know, I've been sharing, I'm not excited about the messaging about what's going to be next from anybody's camp. Uh, so I need to start becoming more vocal and saying the things out loud that I never say because they're uncomfortable for others uh, and moving into a different story. And so uh, in the meantime, you know, we are descending onto the December holidays and the 
the new year, which, no, sorry, the dogs are in motion. You know, 2024 is just on tap. All of this may to be crazy. You know, all of this may be irrelevant. I may be sitting in the dark with you in a few weeks. Who knows? But I'm going to keep charging forward like the lights are going to stay on and the Internet's going to stay up and this process is going to continue. Uh, and because this is a time of year when lots and lots of people are busy and we're tired and we're overwhelmed and we're dealing with their own family dramas, uh, there's nothing like the holidays to bring out the best in all. <laughs> That's why I never like to go home. Blah. But it's... Uh, it's a very uh, tumultuous time till we get into January. So uh, I'm going to take a step back from trying to teach us about anything heavy and overwhelming. Uh, I'm going to do my own regrouping in terms of these ideas. And I'm going to try and share with you uh, just stuff that's really good. You know, one of the things I didn't put up and I will be is Daniel Amen's brain health. You know, we can talk about mental illness all day long, mental health all day long. But if the brain is out of whack and you just need to make some simple shifts, like you don't have to maybe be in therapy for 30 years. Maybe you just need B vitamins. I mean, until we just do some basic regrouping as humans, most of this other work is kind of irrelevant. So uh, I'm going to just be sharing some stuff with you. Uh, I'm going to not be probably on a specific schedule. So, you know, kind of all bets are off for the rest of the month here. Uh, and uh, I'm excited. I feel uh, something good happening. I hate to say that out loud, knock on wood, right? And with that, I hope you enjoy uh, or at least get something positive out of what I've shared. And I will be back soon. And I have lots more I want to share with you. And so with that, have a fabulous day. Deep breath. And I will see you next time. <music>